Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. That's the music there, eh? That's the music that has gone. That's the music. It's gone now? Gone now. I'm sorry. I was busy. I was engrossed in conversation with our guest, and I, noticed, I yeah. failed to notice the music, which is probably in some way your fault. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll figure out some way that it's your fault. It wasn't loud enough. That's it. That's it. It wasn't loud enough. Uh, this is Left, Right, and Center. Uh, Bob Metz is with us. Jeff Schlemmer is on his way, so we welcome Mr. Metz to the studio. Nice to see you here. Hi, Jim. You know, Bob, I thought that I mean, we, we could sort of talk about this before Jeff gets here, and I'm, I'm guessing he'll be listening on the, on the uh, radio in his car, so he can probably jump right in. I wanted to talk to both you guys, say a little bit about the municipal election. Now, we spend a lot of our time talking about provincial and federal and even international politics. And here's Jeffrey now. And, um, hey, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hello. We're just uh, just starting. Nice to have you with us. Do you have a note for being late? Uh, <laughs> I just said to Bob, you know, we spend a lot of our time on this program talking about federal, provincial, and even international politics. We seldom talk about the municipal level. And I thought with the election coming up on Monday, I'd like to sort of pick both of your brains as to just sort of your observations on uh, on what's been going on. And, you know, probably on the mayor's race, but any other thing you'd like to comment about. And I'd like to start, though, with the mayor's race because I've been for, sort of outspoken on on my position vis-a-vis their campaigns, I, I think both of them have, have run campaigns that leave a lot to be desired. Now, the winner isn't going to care at all what I think, and the loser is going to wonder why they did that, I suppose. But I look at both of them, and I see, so to, to my mind, if I were their campaign managers, I see things I would have done differently. Did either of you, anything sort of jump out at you from either of the campaigns? Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess um, as far as the campaigns go, I think that uh, Vaughn is essentially, as, as I read it, his principal message is always tax cuts. And, and when I hear that, it sounds to me like, uh, like the Tories of the last eight years. And I don't know if that will resonate or not with people, but uh, I know that, for instance, it appears that Barbara Hall has fallen off the radar in Toronto mm-hmm. after being a strong front runner. And it seems that she essentially ceded the left, if you like, to David Miller. And uh, it's the, the thinking that I've heard is that uh, right now with what's happened with the provincial election, that people are, are not as much into the tax cuts. They're more worried about services. And that, that that's kind of the, the, way the, the way the boat's going right now. Mm-hmm. So Vaughn seems to be kind of going against the trend somewhat in that sense. On the other sense, or on the other hand, the obvious uh, real advantage that he has is that there's been so many problems at City Hall in the last three years that, uh, that anybody who could come in and be a, a credible alternative is going to have an awful lot of appeal. Uh, you know, that we've, we've just been so frustrated the last three years that, uh, that uh, with him coming in, and certainly he's got experience uh, with council at a time when council was well run, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that he's got that going for him in spades. So if he, and I realize he's got those twin messages, but, you know, and his people know what they're doing. Um, but uh, to me, I would be fo- focusing much more on the leadership, uh, let's get this thing going uh, aspect of it. One of the things that's really troubled me the last three years is that it seems like uh, it's become difficult to dissent on council and that uh, we're constantly hearing about how, well, anybody who doesn't vote with the majority is not a team player. 
And I think, well, it's not a team. It's it's a representative government. Mm-hmm. And you would expect to have a minor- minority. That's what democracy is all about. And and so it's troubled me when people have said that, well, so-and-so isn't on side, isn't on board, therefore they're not a team player. They're somehow disloyal. They're somehow disruptive. And and I just don't understand politics to work that way at all. Uh, and and I, I don't know where Vaughn stands on that at all. Uh, but uh, certainly he was around at a time when there was a respectful dissent. Uh, and uh, hopefully we would have that again. Having said that, I hope Anne Marie's learned that too. Robert, so what are your observations? Uh, I can't agree more with that last point that Jeff just made about having dissent on, write that down. on city council. <laughs> no, I was surprised to see you make it. It was one of the key things I wanted to bring up because I don't like that talk about, you know, let's all be on the same team and work together because that means to me my pocket's going to be picked equally by all of them, right? <laughs> so I want to see some kind of some kind of resistance there. I don't know. What is this code of conduct? Thing that so many of the candidates have signed. You well, know what what that actually well, says? Because that's a little scary to me. Yeah, I have it. It almost here sounds in my like it's. Uh, we don't want to hear any dissent. You better go by this code of conduct. Let me see if I can find. I, ha- uh, I think I have it here somewhere. In any case, it's just it's, one of those underlying issues. I don't know yeah. that much about, but it disturbs me a bit when I hear somebody having to sign a code of conduct. I, I think mean, it was a response, largely, to what was perceived to be sort of people who were not taking their responsibilities seriously. And, and I may be oversimplifying, but I think that's what it was. Uh, I don't have it here, Bob, but I, I have read it. And, and so it's I, more like people not doing their well, job properly or I, something. I think it maybe overstates some of the facts, that's all. That it's, it, it's, it's maybe oversimplifies the whole issue of, of, of public conduct. And perhaps if they had um, behaved themselves a little better, they wouldn't have come up. The thing I don't get is that it seems to me that at root, being a city councilor is pretty straightforward. Essentially, you go to a meeting and you take a, and you vote on something, and that's what it is. And uh, I would have thought, and again, you know, I'm not a city councilor, but uh, they have these these endless meetings and endless secret meetings and all this stuff. And I've always thought, and I've you know been in lots of boards and and, and uh, places where we do lots of voting that you know you decide how long you're going to discuss something, you give everybody a chance to to talk who wants to, uh, and then you vote. And you take the vote and you win, or you take the vote and you lose, and then you move on, mm-hmm. and then you go have a beer. You know that's to me the way it should work. And some issues are going to be hot and heavy; people are going to feel really strongly about them. But if you respect democracy, you vote, and if you win or lose, you move on. You know, you just don't have to get into this endless kind of going on and on. And one of the things about the code of conduct I wonder about is that there's certainly been uh, allegations that some people have been name calling others and all that kind of stuff. And the first thing is that I guess in the context of a heated debate, things may get said. You know, and that's just yeah. life. If you feel strongly about something, you're going to do that. But again, to me, if you've got a limited debate and you say, look, we're going to debate this for half an hour, then we're going to have a vote. And you have the vote and you win or you have a vote and you lose. And then that's it. That issue is done. Mm-hmm. We're on to a lot of other things we got to do. And to me, if they could just stay focused on that, really, the only conduct they need to do is to vote when they're asked. If they want to comment on things and try and persuade other counselors or try and bring the public on board, that's great. But their actual job is to take a vote and the majority rules and do you think, on they go. Do you think that the, the cause of some of those problems, this is my personal opinion, the cause is that many of them are not as prepared as they should be when it comes time for that public debate. I mean, I, I see this time and time again where uh, people will bring up issues that obviously the others have not been privy to. Uh, sometimes it's after the vote, and I think Wonderland Gardens is the most recent example of that. It was only after they'd voted to to take this particular steps that somebody woke up and said, well, wait a minute, what are the implications of this? And the implications now are that, that Wonderland is in very real peril. Uh, I'm sure none of them realized that when they voted to uh, to open it up to tender and so on. They thought, oh, well, okay, that seems like a reasonable thing to it, do. It, you know, Bringing up a question like that almost brings up a conflict in what a counselor should do versus what a city administrator should be doing. 
I don't think it's fair to expect all the councillors to be the business managers of the city when we've hired full-time people for that mm -hmm. position. They're our representatives, theoretically, yeah. un under democracy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so their role is very different. I don't think they should be getting caught up in the minutia. Uh, I, I think if there's a problem with administration, it's that the administration is either not giving them the facts or not all the facts mm -hmm. or maybe not the pertinent facts, and that can certainly be an easy way to manipulate or hinder a politician who, who's otherwise trying to act quite openly and honestly. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen that happen at the provincial level. I've seen it happen at the federal level. I don't know if you've ever watched a show called uh, Yes Minister, the British oh, yes, comedy indeed. from the eighties, <laughs> and just watch the manipulation. That's a brilliant show, by yes, the way. That's is. got that's much more than just funny. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. real. Yeah. And the way and nobody's a bad guy in that show. That's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah. Um, so you see the manipulation back and forth. How basically information is the thing that that politicians that's, that's their it's tool the of the trade. Yeah. But having said that, I, and I, I I'm glad you said that about how I I would be prepared to believe that everybody down there wants to do the best for the city of London, whether they're staff or council. They genuinely are trying to do what they think is best. Uh, having said that, though, I think that that on a variety of issues, staff have 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 not. Uh, really told council what the implications are of something when they're voting on it, and I think that uh, there's there's been kind of a power struggle in my my for my for for my cheap seat the last three years uh, between the senior administration these quote senior managers who are never named in the paper but there's only four of them uh, but uh, between those folks and the mayor as to who runs things and it seems like one of the things that's happened is that uh, we've seen time after time when the mayor will find out about something a little late. By the time it's a big issue, and again, I would, I would. Are say you saying that, that's a bad thing? This power struggle. I, I think that you can only have one alpha male or alpha female. But isn't, isn't, two, isn't then you've got Isn't a power struggle part of the balance of power? So you don't between have all the power between the politicians. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a power struggle between the the the, the administrators and the politicians. It's not every democracy, and certainly administrators can have strong views, and they can say, "Look, we really ought to do this. If we don't, it's going to be a big problem." But if if they're told, "Well, that's what we're going to do. I'm sorry, I'm the mayor, or we're council. This is what we're going to do," then that person's job is to snap to it and get on with doing uh, council's bidding. Well, no question, well, I agree. That's, that's the of administration um, but again in that role they have certain responsibilities and sometimes politicians don't look at all angles of a particular no, well I, I would disagree their job is to work for council it's a democracy well, I, I agree council with that. may that's step in the mud I... from time to time but the administrators are there to do what council tells them to do and 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 again if any administrator thinks they have a higher duty beyond that and somehow they're accountable to somebody other than city council I, I would say my reading of constitutional laws they're simply wrong you know if they don't agree with what they're doing they can point it out that's fair game but ultimately there's a line of authority it's like the military you know you can't be a colonel and say well general i'm sorry i just think you're wrong about that that's mm -hmm. just the way it is you know i think what a lot of people forget is that the city of london is a corporation it's actually called the mm -hmm. corporation yeah. of the city of london and in that sense, it is very much like a business. And I was looking at this little chart here in the free press from, mm -hmm. from just, uh, I think it was October 31st, talking about from a poll what they thought, what people thought in this poll were the most important issues. Um, now, it's funny, Jeff, you right at the beginning of the show sort of dismissed the whole taxes issue as not being high priority. It is 50%. And remember, this 50% well. includes the same people who may have answered that effective leadership is important because mm -hmm. that was up at 85 percent and mm -hmm. that's that really is not a that that that's more of a feeling thing so what does leadership really mean yeah, what direction think, you know, are you going in? i gotta i gotta jump in here though because i think my observation is uh, over the past month now that taxes is a feeling thing too 
I haven't talked to anybody, and I mean not a single person who's not either intimately involved with a, with a, with a campaign or a candidate themselves who really believes that anybody's going to be able to, quote, control taxes. Um, I haven't talked to a single person. That's you, a different thing, taxes in politics, talking about it there. But taxes on your, your property taxes is not a feeling thing. When you get that bill in the mail, well, you might have a feeling but about what I'm it. Saying, what but, I'm saying is I don't think anybody believes, nobody that I've talked to believes that no matter who we elect down there, that we're going to avoid serious tax increases over the next few years and well, a number of the candidates though are still talking about taxes and I'll get, I'll keep your taxes down or I'll keep your taxes at zero and I'll, I don't think anybody's listening to that. Well, I mean, I, I, first of there's, all, there's I think that's a deadly that. belief. I think now, if you don't believe you can keep taxes down, you will have a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but there are two ways to simple. do it. Either you can do it by reducing services or you could reduce it by this theoretical finding savings and working smarter and all that stuff. And where I, what I don't think people now believe is that the politicians actually can find ways to do more with less to give you more services for lower tax and all that stuff because we've been down that road again for the last eight years provincially and now we find it was kind of a shell game really they sold off all the everything in the cookie jar so as far as whether people want like the other way of doing it again is reducing services so if you or, ask the or, 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 reduce, or, services, or reducing labor costs which is That's not going to happen and no, i think exactly. a lot of people finally have most of the sure that can happen. people have record you well, know how you do that you advocate contracting out that's how you reduce people labor costs. People don't have an appetite for that. Uh, well, it's just so People don't need to have an appetite. It's, no. it's what destructive. It's not what's important to them right now. Other I, cities do it. Eventually, we found out that people just are not there now. We've been fighting this for eight years. We've been told that, oh, the government's smarter. They're doing more with less. They're contracting out. They're privatizing, yada, 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 yada. And then right up to $6 million deficit. It's not true. They're doing less with more. We've got to buy back. I think people are just sort of burned out on this whole, we're smarter than the other guy, and we're going to give you something for nothing. I think people just aren't buying that. Today. Well, I guess it all depends what you think a municipal government's there for. Like, look at this poll. 28% believe in improved recreation. I don't think recreation should be a municipal priority. Mm -hmm. The idea that someone's entertainment should cause someone to lose their home or increase their expense of, of living in a house is beyond mm -hmm. my is beyond the pale to me, mm -hmm. you know, that, that people can even think like that. You know, you had a great example of of why I think government's going just going to run out of control. It doesn't matter who's in there, because as long as you've got this thinking that you just have this endless pool of money for well, things. Well, no, I don't think anybody says that. Um, People say we want efficiency. You know, we want value for our dollar. No question about that. But we don't necessarily think you're going to be able to do more with less. See, I, I look at it this way. The corporation of the City of London is a business. It owns property. Mm -hmm. That's the roads, the streets. You know, the sewers under the roads, the mm -hmm. bridges. It is the, the responsibility, the primary responsibility of that corporation to keep those assets in good shape. You know, there's a, there's a TV show, a, a news serial on, I think it's on Global right now, talking about the crumbling infrastructure of Canada's cities, particularly in the larger ones. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come to London soon, too. Mm -hmm. That's why we have the sewer surcharge. Right. <laughs> and because, you know, and that should never have been there. I mean, these are all taxes just being delivered in various different ways. But when you get to the point where a person's uh, property tax on their home or business is starting to look equivalent to or greater than the mortgage payments that mm -hmm. they pay on that home, do you really see a future for a community like that? Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. Community's doing pretty well. Well, right at this moment in time, a lot of people are, but fewer and fewer are. More people mm -hmm. are not able to afford their homes. People on fixed income yeah, I was are, are in, last in night a tight the, spot. The suburbs around the city that have gone up even since the last election of gorgeous houses, there are a lot of people doing pretty well out there. Yes, and uh, but that doesn't mean that everybody is. You, oh, that's no, not a, just no. because you have gorgeous houses in one part of the city is not an excuse to raise taxes but that's in another. the other another. question as to whether ta that the whole tax cut issue is one that genuinely helps the poor or it helps the not poor. I I've never heard anybody seriously suggest 
suggest that tax cuts are something that are good for my poor clients. Okay, well, we'll be back in just a moment <laughs> to talk about Jeff's poor clients and lots more, too, on Left, Right, and Center. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290. Jeff uh, Schlemmer and Bob Metz with us today. And Jeff, you were just talking about the implications for some of London's less affluent people for these tax increases. I couldn't believe he said that, that the poor are hurt by lower taxes. You mean if I'm a poor guy living in a house and instead of paying a thousand bucks a year in taxes, I'll pay 500, but that hurts me? The problem is that the only way that anybody's ever cut taxes, aside from selling off all of our assets, is by reducing services that are principally used by the poor. So So you're coming back to the argument that you don't believe anybody. Uh, when they cut taxes. Well, th- you know why they're worse off? It's because every government agency of any municipality in North America that cuts taxes uh, cuts monopolized services. They don't break the monopoly. They leave the monopoly there as though you only have to buy those services from the city. And that's what ha- the same with Proposition 13. You know, everybody voted for lower taxes, but the city maintained its monopoly and control on various services that people needed. Yeah. Well, that's you the had to open that up to the market at well, the same I, time. My pet peeve is that it seems whenever they reduce taxes, they always start by reducing the progressive taxes first. And I know, Jim, you don't like progressive taxes, but but as far as the tax cuts that I've seen in the last eight years in Canada and the States, usually they start with the progressive taxes. You don't see sales tax going down. You don't see taxes that are paid equally by everybody. But if somebody said, listen, we're going to cut government spending Because by progressive taxes gonna, bring in very little money relative cut. to the flat tax I'm across the board. I'm telling you board. where the money goes. The, 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 uh, the services are cut to reduce progressive taxes that benefit mostly the wealthy. But we're talking election. a municipal election so right now. Do we have no, progressive if taxes if somebody said in to London? Me, we're going to cut government spending, we're going to cut City of London spending by $10 million next year, and we're going to cut a check for uh, an equal portion of that to everybody who lives in London. I'm down with that. Let's yeah, do but, but Let's do it. But nobody believes it. Well, they can I, say it, but you, even you don't believe it. Well, they wouldn't do it that way anyway. You but know, you, even you know, you said all, all earlier that you don't believe them. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is that at the, at the end of the day, we're all adults. Do we really still believe that you can do more with less? And again, that the people who run the city or the province or the country are so much smarter than the people Jeff, who came that's before not the them. Question. The they've question. got a magic answer. <laughs> you know, we're just not that naive anymore. The question is not, can you do more with less? First of all, the answer to that is yes. I've done it many times in my life with many tasks in my well, life. The but the question is... The provincial government that weren't able to do it. The question is should it should the particular thing you're talking about be done by government at all or well, should it be done by the community or, or, or private well, that's hey, the only I'm debate no fan of government uh, of government services and when you move to the private sector you're always going to get more for less because you have a choice and if one guy screws up and doesn't deliver the service you're not stuck with him for well, 20 years you move on to the other to guy have, though, whenever the government seems to hire a, a company sooner or later we find out that company gave massive donations to their party well not and always no, in the states not got, always that's Enron. not always the case. Often oh, it is, but not always, and it doesn't have to be. Ontario Highway Corporation well, gave the largest donation in, in Ontario history to the Harris government. Yeah, but if you're going to let's 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 bring it back to the municipal Jeff, level again. I would agree with you. All those things are wrong. They got nothing to do with no. the principle I'm I talking agree. about. Well, I, and, and I agree with your principle. You know, if somebody so says let's to me bring again, it back to the Microsoft municipal could level. Run the city welfare office cheaper than the city can. I'm say great. But that's we can't fair. do that because the politi- none of the politicians are even talking about that. No, not now Microsoft, but they, that's not even on their radar. No, no, that's true. So. What is it going to take to win this election? I mean, Jeff, you mentioned the word leadership. The, the largest number of votes. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Bob, let me write that I thought that you down. knew that one, Jim. Whoa, Bob says, largest number of uh, What well, is it going to take to win this? I mean, you mentioned Vaughn's campaign has talked about leadership somewhat. The mayor's campaign has also talked about leadership uh, to the point where nobody, I think, the, the term doesn't mean much anymore. What, uh, no. what do you mean by leadership when you're talking about what's happened in the city in the last three years? The mayor says, it's not my fault because I didn't have good followership. Well, that's good 
followership a, down there. There's always, I guess, a, a question as to how much detail should you go into as to what you're going to do. I would sure like to see more. You know, okay, what's Anne-Marie going to do differently this time around that's going to prevent the, the schmazel we've seen? What is Vaughn going to do differently that will prevent the schmazel? You know, Vaughn, in his previous life, was not exactly a conciliator. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was on council, he was a firebrand. Mm-hmm. You know, he was Mr. Zero Tax Increase and right wing and everything else. Like, if he becomes mayor, he and I are just going to be going at it the next three years. So is he saying he's going to be the peacemaker? He's going to come in and sort of be able to sort of shuffle everybody along in the right direction. To me, the best thing happening in this election, by far, is Tom Gosnell. Mm-hmm. Why would you be opposed to someone just because they advocate a zero tax increase? No, I'm Why can't you get what you want some other way? Yeah, well, because that's not realistic. You know, if he says he's going to keep... And, and I don't think he did. I heard him say that he's okay, okay with 5% next year. In the longer yeah, run, the he end of, By the end of three years was yeah. his original, I think, his right. original that's position. Convenient time, just at the time of <laughs> next election. <laughs> but, but, but having said that, though, if he's talking about leadership in, in the sense of, you have to remember, the mayor has no power. They they're not a prime minister. They can't have party whip. They don't have party discipline. All they can do is use the force of persuasion. And to some extent, they can use the scheduling. And but isn't that the key thing? People have said a lot lately, the mayor has only one vote. And, and my response always is a good mayor has five or six votes. Oh, sure. And a good mayor can do an awful lot. They, they have power, but it's not the traditional type where they can demand that there be a, a vote along party lines. But what a good mayor can do is persuade people. And they do it by um, bringing them on board, making deals, you know, and and I remember talking with Diane Haskett about this and being surprised because I thought one of Tom's greatest strengths was that he would talk to people before votes and he would line them up and he would say, what's it going to take to get your vote? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want this other thing? Oh, well, I think, you know, I've got mm-hmm. a couple of people I can get you some votes on that. And of course, if you watch the West Wing, mm-hmm. that's how the U.S. Senate and Congress yeah. work. Sure. Um, but Diane said, oh, I don't believe in that. She said, uh, it's unseemly. It's backroom politics. I think that if you've got something to say, you should say it out in the open. The problem with that is that what's, what's, what people say for public consumption is always exaggerated, uh, you know, position-based. It's like, you know, I'm Mr. Zero. I, can, I never mm-hmm. talked to those left-wingers, whatever. But but behind the scenes, you can all go for a coffee and you can cut a well, deal. I think that's very true. And, and, and Tom has those skills in spades. If he's allowed to do his work, I think that's, as I say, the best hope for the new council. And I'm certainly hoping that the new mayor will, will lean on him heavily for his expertise. You know, London was the best-run city in Canada when he was mayor. It's too bad he's not running for mayor. Huh? Well, I, I don't. I'm getting a mixed message from Jeff here. He's almost saying that backroom politics is the way to go, and that's the way. That's, that's a real effective mayor. I think it depends. Uh, now, I want to jump in because I want to make this clear because I agree sure. in principle with, with what Jeff's saying. I, I think sort of do too. We need but to I'm change not our sure terminology though when we talk about backroom like politics. Yeah, <laughs> backroom <laughs> politics has a has a has a, has a making smell deals, to it. Yeah. And, and, and making deals is the wrong way to right. do it. Arriving at compromise, creative yeah. compromise. You know, I think that's what they're talking about. And Gosnell's magic wasn't that he put people in, in in a door and closed the door so nobody would know what they were talking about. Whatever magic he had to do this mm-hmm. was that he could affect those compromises. And he'd get the compromises done. They'd have the debates. They'd discuss the pros and cons, the ups and downs. They'd get the facts and figures from them from management, and they'd go through them. And the sh- sharp people on council knew what they were doing, and the dummies were always the dummies like they always will be. And at the end of the day, when they walked into that council room, you seldom saw pitched battles on the council floor because as we've seen over the last three years pitch battles don't accomplish much no and that's it it was a power of schmoozing no and, 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 no and that goes on in every field of life not just in politics if it really come down to it i mean even families negotiate like that okay guys yeah. we're out of time pressure's on okay. bob who wins the mayor's race who do i think is going to win yeah. oh don't put me on that spot jim oh I, you don't have I, to answer I, no, no i won't, won't. I'll okay pass on all right fair one. enough jeff do you care to venture a thought yes i said last week and i, I say again i think Anne marie's going to squeak through knowing that Majority of your listeners don't believe that, but I think that's what we'll see. 
Thank you both. It's always a pleasure, and uh, perhaps next week we can take a retrospective look and see how we did. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bob Metz and Thanks, Jeff Schlemmer with us today on uh, Left, Right, and Center.